that Haggai talks about here, from how I, I understood, was not was not considered actually as magnificent and as glorious as Solomon's temple, which had been destroyed. Amen. About 520 BC. Don't mind about these years. I, they, I, this is what they have written. That it was before Christ. We understand, right? So that's the. So that it was considered actually less glorious. That the people probably. This is how I understand it. That the people who lived during Solomon's time and saw the temple that Solomon had constructed cried when they uh, actually later on got to see the kind of temple that was being constructed around the time that uh, Haggai was writing. Amen. Yeah. Just a bit of background. Mm. Now, uh, so the people were crying and they're like, how can we lose a glorious temple like that of Solomon? And then we are getting this table, you know? So the Lord around that time comes through prophecy to Haggai and actually tells Haggai, tell my people that actually the glory of this temple, or this latter temple that you are talking about, would be greater than the former. Actually much more glorious than Solomon's glory. Wow. Yeah. I was like, wow. So in the eyes of God, maybe the smaller temple that was being constructed and was much, much glorious. Mm. Amen. Amen. Yeah, but then I continued to read on and by the help of the Spirit, I continued to read on. I'm like, okay. So people just had actually to console themselves that we have our glorious temple because the Lord has said so anyway. Who cares whether it's, it's big as so or not? It is a glorious temple. Yeah. But what I, I, I learned or what I understand is that this temple had a fading glory. You understand? A fading glory. And then, so, I, I go on and um, I understand from reading. So let's, uh, let's build for me from verse 6. Let's read verse 6 to 9 again uh, of this scripture. Let's see. From verse 6 of that, yeah? For thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once it's a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, says the Lord of hosts. Amen. Amen. So why I dig deep into this this portion of scripture, then I actually come to understand that they give uh, cross-references of this portion of scripture from verse 6 to 9, re re referencing the time of Christ. Amazing. Really, really amazing. Then they reference Isaiah chapter um, they reference Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. Yeah? Which says, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. And upon the increase of him, there shall be no end. So they reference Christ. We know that verse, right? And then in verse, they also cross-reference Luke chapter 2 verse 14. Maybe we read this. Yeah, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a deep no, verse 14, Nishola. Are we together? Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. 
goodwill toward men. These were angels singing about the birth of Christ. Yeah? About the birth of Christ and how he's coming to reign, to have a glorious reign. So I was like, wow. So I now shift my attention actually from Haggai and I'm like, okay. So the glory that is being talked about is actually about Christ Jesus. You know? Christ Jesus reigning during his time on earth for the 33 years but also reigning through us as his church. Amen. 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 Are we together, church? Yes. By the help of the Spirit, I pray that he helps me relay this message just as he would like. And I pray that you understand it. Amen. Yes. So, so far we are together. Please be with me. Eh? Let's, let's go together. If, if I lose you or if you lose me, we bring each other back. Yeah? Yeah, so <laughs> I will not be lost anyway. Yeah. So actually, we see that the focus shifts from the local temple being constructed in Jerusalem at the time when Haggai is preaching, at the time when Haggai is giving his prophecy yeah, to the worldwide reign of Jesus the Messiah. Of course, during his time on earth and through us by the Holy Spirit. That's very important. You have to note that. That so when you read Haggai chapter 2 verse 9, they are not talking about the temple in Israel. You don't have to wait to go to Jerusalem to see the magnificent temple. So if you ever go to be with the Lord without going to Israel, no problem. Yeah? You are the temple. Amen. You are the temple. Amen. Yeah, it was really amazing. Yeah. So then I focus my attention to Jesus. How did Jesus live? Jesus actually lived a very glorious life. Yeah. Amen. Amen. He lived a glorious life. And John, I like reading John. Out of all in the Gospels, I like John. Because John is like John used to rub shoulders with Jesus. He, he understood a secret. Eh? And his writing is far much, well, not that I'm, I'm not, don't quote me wrong. His own was, yeah, like I just love to read John. If I read any story, I have to search what does John say about it, how does John present it. So actually John 2, verse, uh, from the whole chapter of John, up to, uh, from verse uh, maybe 2, 3, John actually then writes about the miraculous uh, acts of Jesus, how he started to perform his miracles. There is a verse, um, verse 11, can we start, uh, can we read that verse? Yes, thank God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory. You see? He manifested his glory and his disciples believed on him. As in there is no way Jesus manifested his glory and, he, and people just remained the same. No. Amen. So he lived, he performed miracles, he, he, he worked with wonder. Yeah, he, he, he did wonders. He, from here we see that he um, did so many miracles. But also in his own life, eh, there is a way Jesus lived his life. He lived in the body, but not controlled by the body at all. He was not at an disadvantage in any way. If he wanted to cross to the other side of the sea, there was no boat. Jesus walked on water and went to meet whoever he, he wanted to meet. Glorious, that's the glorious life that Jesus lived. Mm. You understand? Yeah. Amen. If he met a dead body, he brought him to life. Yes. He gave life back to the dead. 
He made open, he opened blind eyes like it was glorious. Yeah, but there is some story that I read that amazed me. That one time, his uh, people who afflicted him, the Jews, the rightful owners of God, we know that, not to offend any Jew person who is here, but they never believed in Jesus. And they, uh, that story, we won't read it, but I thought to mention it, that they, they, they sought to capture him, to stone him. My husband likes that portion of scripture. Like you guys just walked through them. Yeah. <laughs> you understand? Yeah. He walked through them and before they knew it, they could, how can you? He was full of glory yeah. that he just walked through them and before they knew it, he had gone. Yeah. Wow. What an amazing life. Amen. What an amazing life. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So we see that his glorious uh, life, the 33 years he lived, you know, brings him to encounter the temple. Now, let's see um, um, John 2. Now, we read from um, we read from 12 to 19. Please, Nishola. Let's see. Jesus comes to this very temple that Haggai talked about. You remember? In Jerusalem. So, he, he starts to minister to, to the Jews and he goes to this temple. And then after this, he went down to Capernaum. He and his mother and his brethren and his disciples, and they continued there not many days. And the Jews' Passover was at hand. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small pots, he drove them out. He drove them all out of the temple. And the sheep and the oxen and, the, and poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables and, and said unto them that that sold doves, take these things hence, make not my father's house and household merchandise. And his disciples remembered that it was written, the zeal of thine house has eaten me up. This, this is a, a scripture in either Psalms or Proverbs, I think it's Psalm. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, what sign showest thou unto us, seeing that thou doest these things? Jesus, I like this verse, see verse 9. He says, Jesus answered and said unto them, destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up. This is the glorious temple. Remember uh, how I said, this temple is much more glorious than the temple of Solomon. But Jesus said, this temple will be destroyed in three days. In three days, I will build it up. Wow. Wow, how can you destroy the temple that was? And they told him, in verse 20, they told him, then they said, 40 and 6 years was this temple in building, and will you then tear it up in 3 days? You know how this comes up? Solomon's time of building the temple must have taken like 20 years. And then the one of Haggai probably took about 26 years, and Jesus will destroy it in just 3 days. But, of course, here, Jesus is talking about himself. You understand? Meaning that the physical temple that, that is, is not glorious anymore in comparison to the glory he carries in him. Amen. So he was talking about himself. He was talking about himself that you see I carry the glory in me. You know, he remembered about his life in heaven. The glory, the glory that he came with on earth. He said it's the glory of Jesus was much, much glorious than the temple in Jerusalem at his time. Amen. Amen. So, of course, we know, we all know that Jesus later on dies 
and in three days he actually is risen. And oh my God, at rising, Jesus rises even with greater glory. Amen. Ah, church, Amen. I don't think you are with me. Amen. If you understand, eh? are you following? Yes. So Jesus dies, and in three days he is risen. Right. Yeah? He is risen. And we, we, we see that he rises as a more glorified Christ. Yes. The one who has conquered death. Amen. The one who has his, his heavenly glory had been restored. Yeah. You understand? Now hear this church. Hear this. This same glory of our resurrected Christ is the same glory with which we share. Amen. Amen. So, we are not even called to the glory of the earthly Jesus. No. We are called to the glory of the resurrected Christ. The powerful Jesus who has conquered death and everything. This is the glory with which with which we share. Amen. Yeah. Now I'm starting to preach. I was just laying the ground. <laughs> Amen. So, this, we have seen, we've seen how Jesus walked the 33 years. We've seen how glorious it was. But during, after he rose, the greater glory, that's what he lives with us. So when we come to Christ, we share we inherit that glory. Amen. 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 So I got and say it is this glorified Jesus that has called us to share in his nature. And there there is a verse. I think in your bulletins I put a wrong verse. But it's First Peter 2. I want us to read First Peter 2 verse 3. Yeah? So, First Peter verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible. No, 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 no. It is... Um, let me just, first, first Peter one. It's first Peter one. Yeah. No. It's the verse which says that he has called us to virtue. Yeah? Oh, thank you. It's second Peter. Sorry. It's second Peter. It's 2 Peter 1 verse 3. Yeah? According as, as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and, and godliness, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, the glory of a resurrected Christ, the, great, the greater glory. You know, Jesus is already glorified. Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. And it is this glory that we have been brought into. Amen. Amen. This is from where we are supposed to function as a church. Hallelujah. This is where I have to function. Yes. 
as, uh, as, as, as a person in Christ. Yeah? It is this glory that I share. How amazing, how amazing, how amazing. You know? So, he has called us. This calling is for us to share in his divine nature. You understand? So you live in a body, but the real you actually shares in the nature, the very nature of God. The very nature of Christ. Amen. Amen. So when you look at yourself, you don't look at yourself as someone who is just this. No, it doesn't matter what happens around you. The inside you has, is, is reigning with a glorified Jesus. Amen. 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 Now, because he also says that as he is, so are we in this world. Do you understand? Do you understand? In 1 John 4 verse 17, the Bible says that as he is, not as he was when he was 33 years or before 33 years, not, not as he was when he was raising the dead, as he is now, seated at the right hand of the Father, so are we in this world. Amen. Amen. How amazing the Lord has brought us into this nature. You know, so that's who we are. That's who we are. And therefore, we have to function from the glorified nature of Jesus. You understand? Jesus says something very interesting and impressive. In John, we remember during his earthly life, in John 17, that long prayer of Jesus, among the many things that you should pick out, what he says, Jesus said, the glory which you have given me, I have given to them. Do you see that? Yeah, the glory which they gave Jesus, he has given to us. He was talking to the disciples and the many people there, then, but also to us who would agree, who would believe on him. So this is the glory. So when we, we, we sing, that's why I couldn't sing the song, fill this house with your glory. The Holy Spirit tells me, no, I am inside you. You, you know, you reign from glory. Amen. Amen. So that's the same thing that we have to accept. That's what you have to believe as a child of God. Amen. That's what you have to believe. Now, let's move on, church. Yeah? So... What's this life of glory then? So I delve deep a bit into just the word glory and what does it entail? My, 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 my. It's a life full of splendor. It's a life of excellence. It's a life of dignity. It's a life of abundance. It's a life that is not limited by, by the circumstances around you. No, it's a glorious life. It's a life of virtue. Amen. Amen. That's a glorious life. Yes. So I want to tell you that, um, well, you, uh, sometimes during my ministry, I come across songs. There are songs that sound really nice, eh? And you will feel like, oh, this song actually takes me to the throne. And it's so amazing how I will start to sing. And I'm like, Daddy, I want to sing this song. The Holy Spirit will tell me, no. One of the songs is, um, well, don't, if, if you still sing it, no, no, no issue. The praise and worship team, please, don't, don't crucify me. But there is one song that I used to like so much before I came to the knowledge of this, what I know now. This song goes like, oh, be glorified. You know that you know that song is so sweet, oh. That song is so sweet. I was like, but you know how, if, I used to 
sing this song without the knowledge that, you know, I, I, I have been glory, Christ is glorified already. Then I say, oh, be glorified, be glorified. No, 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 no. The Holy Spirit actually literally told me, no, I have been glorified already. And you are glorified with me. You sit in heavenly places with Christ. You understand? I sit in heavenly places with Christ. I actually sit in the stead of Christ. I gave out those. So there are some of those songs that I just give away and I'm like, I surrender them. I give them away. You understand? I no longer, yes, I do not sing. Because I sing with knowledge. I worship God with knowledge. Amen. Let's move on, church. Now, um, the life of excellency, God's manifesting, has to be manifested in us. Yeah? So you live it, and then it has to manifest through you to others. Amen. Amen. This life of excellence has to be seen in your life. Yeah. And then you have to shed it off. Rub it off to the neighbors, to people around you, to people that don't understand Amen. what Jesus used to do. Yeah. Rub off the glory of God over the, yeah. the, the lame, over the blind, over the sick, over the dead. Amen. 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 That's what you are supposed to do. That's what I'm supposed to do. As in you don't come into someone's life and just leave them ordinary. No. You will carry your glory. No. You, this is how it's supposed to be. Now, let's move on. I want us to read 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. And let's see how to behold his glory. Amen. Nishola, are we together? You're my co-minister, my sister. Okay, let's see. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Amen, church. So, we have to live this life of glory from our spirit man. Inside your spirit man, not from your body. Not from what carries your, who you are, the body, no. You know, the life of glory is linked from our spirit man, you know, and this spirit man who has been born by the word of God, amen. But the Bible says we have been born again by the incorruptible. So you live from the inside. You live from the inside, you know, you live from the inside. So we live a life of glory by consistently beholding like in a mirror. We behold the glory of God like in a mirror. I want to demonstrate something. Don't mind me. I carried my husband's shaving mirror. <laughs> it came to preach. <laughs> it came to preach. So, you see this mirror. I want to ask some people. You know, you behold. So the word of God is the mirror. Yes. Amen. Amen. I want to ask you, my brother, may I? I want you to look at yourself. Why do you see? This mirror is broken. Why do you see? You see like you have two faces because the mirror is broken, right? Then in this mirror, what do you see? Yourself. He can see. Myself. I can see myself. Okay, another one. I laid it this time. What do you see? Many faces. Exactly, many faces. Then what do you see? One face. Very beautiful face. And very handsome face. Yeah? Who else? Okay, I'll look for you both this time. What do you see I'm talking about? 
lot of faces. A lot of faces. And then what do you see? One face. Very handsome face. <laughs> <laughs> very handsome face. Amen. Yeah. They have done well. behold. Like in a mirror, the glory of God, and you'll be transformed from glory to glory. Amen. 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 So, when you behold in a mirror, and then you, you, you have to behold without a veil. You understand? Now, the earlier scriptures of this verse, of this chapter, 3 of 1 Corinthians, um, of 1 Corinthians 3, talks about the veil of Moses. You understand? How Moses used to go and behold with a veil. And then he would come and the people of Israel would say, hey, we cannot look at you. You're too much. We cannot. This is too much. And because of that, they could not experience the glory, for example, that Moses also himself experienced. But that's not the point. The point is, that even Moses, actually, the Lord told him that I, can, I cannot show you my face, right? So which means that we now are in a much, much better place than Moses, than the children of Israel, who were to behold the glory face to face. But we will have to unveil our faces. We have to put them off. Don't worry about these veils. I actually got to, I will tell you what these veils are. You know what they are? Veils can be things that you haven't picked from the word of God. Veils can be a doctor's report about your health situation. Veils can be misunderstandings of the word of God, wrong teachings. Yeah? Veils can be things that are very contrary to the word of God. The Lord says that I have begotten you with my word. And I have given you the divine nature. And then you say, me, poor me. Yeah? Poor me, what can I, what, what will ever come out of me? They even told Jesus, what will ever come out of, of Nazareth? They didn't know. Right. And that's the same, same thing. Many things around us, your current situation may not, in the physical, in the natural, may not be what you think is. But that doesn't qualify you to say that you are not picked out by God. Like you're not, no. You have to respond from your spirit man. So that's how you behold. Amen. That's how you behold. And you do the contrary to what the situation is telling you. You get it, church? So when you look in this mirror, I see a very beautiful Florence. I love this. And that's exactly who the Lord has said I am. So what his word has told me, that's who I am. And therefore, I have to behold much more. I can start slowly taking the word of God as it is. And I run with it. It doesn't matter what the situation says. But God has said, this is it. And I run with it. Because that's who I am. Amen, church. Amen, church. Amen. So through beholding in a mirror of this glory, you can experience the transformation process. The transformation process can be about you taking away unlearning things that are not uh, real in the word of God. For example, there are people who say, no, 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 that, verse, that portion of scripture, I don't believe. It, it doesn't, it's not true, because that's not what it is. Unlearn 
that and take the word of God as it is. Say the scripture as it is because you're beholding in a mirror. It's what you are. Church, that's what you are. That's who you are. Amen. So, since I already mentioned that this glory is actually lived from the spirit man who dwells in us. Yeah? So by this word today, I know that there should be many, many veins. I don't know what your veins may be. It could be that the doctor said that, oh, this cancer will not go. Oh, this situation will not go. By this word, I implore you, my brother, my sister, undo the veil. Speak what the word of God says about cancer. You are healed by his stripes. Amen. Amen. Put off the veils. Put off the veils. You know, that are hindering you. So since we are supposed to walk as a church, as carriers of the Holy Spirit, we are supposed to walk and manifest this glorious life. Even much, much greater than Jesus. Because we are many. Jesus was only one and a few disciples who had not even been born again. Because he had not died and shed his blood for them. But he used them. But how about us? Who have been brought into a place of excellence? Who have the spirit of God who lives in us? We are supposed to live this life. It has to radiate in us. And we have to shed it off to others. We have to let this glorious life. We have to share. So through us, through us. And lastly, I want us to see how we manifest this glory. Amen. So the first thing will be that you have to unlearn if there are any things that hinder you from taking yourself as Christ has taken you. Take them out now. It starts now. I don't know whether if you people come to church, always listen to a message and then, oh, is it just a religious act that when I come to church or oh, we sing praise, then afterwards we listen to the message and then we walk and go. That's not how you're supposed to live as a child of God. Meditate on the word. If pastor teaches and preaches and brother Elton and the teaching ministry has taught, how do you live your week? You're supposed to live your week by the word. You know, and I'm not only talking about uh, a devotion time, it's time for me to pray, I want to sit down and pray. No. Interrupt yourself out of the daily routines. You know, interrupt yourself with a word. Think of the Holy Spirit and what he has said in his word about you. Read scriptures, but translate the scriptures into your spirit man. Let the response to situations and things that say contrary to the word, let them come. Let them emanate from your spirit and let them bring results because you cannot bring results just with scripture that is written. The word has to come from your spirit man. So you read and make deposits inside here. Then inside you, you'll be vibrating with the word of God. You know? Amen. So, since we said it's lived from the spirit man, you have to read and meditate, but also fellowship with the word. Amen. What I like to do when I'm going to work, I still go by bus to work, I like it. So I sit down in that bus and I read my Bible. And when I walk, I walk about maybe 10 to 12, 13 minutes to my office from the station. Then I start speaking the word of God. People will be passing me and they're like, either I'm singing or I'm speaking the word of God. 
I'm depositing what I have read in my spirit. I can't say, oh, I have to wait when I'm in the place too. Now you'll be dealing from the temple, from the temple aspect. But I'm the temple, so when I'm walking to work, I vibrate the word of God. I say I'm going to be excellent at my work today. I say I'm going to produce results. I say I'm going to glorify God through every letter I write, or through every tender that I send out to, for clients. I speak by that. Every tender that I have worked on, if it's me, an application that I have been the one managing, honestly, I have seen results that it never bounces, like it's never rejected. My tenders are always, they come back to us and they say, you want this one, you want this one. Because even with my work, I live from my spirit. From my family, I live from my spirit. I speak excellence. My marriage, Ernest, will work. Whether there is divorce or not reigning over the world, my marriage to Ernest has to work. I have to be married to him all my life. Amen. you know I did. Yes. Eh? Right. That's what is happening. I speak out. I am a success. It doesn't matter where I came from. No. It can only be God's glory that you know this girl from Busia. Pastor and Mama have built my place. Oh, they can tell you how far the Lord has picked me. But it doesn't matter where I come from. I walk and I say I walk. I am seated in heavenly places with Christ. Like that. 
So through the week, this week as I wind up, will you promise me that you're going to live from the glorious part of who you are? So the glory is not anymore in the temple. The glory is in you. And you have to live it. And you have to function in it. This week, go and function in this glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I like the song by Sinaj which says, God has, has, is taking me. I now sing it differently. I don't know if you've heard me sing that song. I say God has taken me from glory to glory. Yeah? From glory to glory, the Lord has taken me. 